Welcome to C3Well Conard. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message by Pastor Nick Hind. So last week we started both a, I guess, a theme for the month of August around this idea of taking ground, as well as a just sort of short series within that uh, about breaking strongholds. And taking ground for us has been a key theme as a church uh, over more than a decade now. And for a long time, that was about seeing us established in a facility like the one that I'm standing in here right now. And many of you have been a part of that journey. But more than that, it's, it's a faith declaration that we, uh, as children of God, as followers of Jesus, we're called to take ground. We're not, uh, Hebrews says, we're not those who shrink back, but, but we have a God who promise, whose promises uh, are sure for us, who is faithful. And so uh, we get to walk in His victory. That means that we are taking ground in our lives and in our community as well. We are not just waiting to see what happens around us. We're a part of change. We are a force for change. We are seeing the, the, the gospel preached. We're seeing the kingdom of God. Just like Jesus said, to his disciples, pray that the kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's what we want to see in our workplaces, in our families, in our personal lives, in our communities, our neighborhoods, the kingdom of God come to bear. That means relationships restored. That, that means healing coming into people's bodies. That, that means people shaking off the chains of the past, the things that hold them back and stepping into the goodness of God. We want to be those who are taking ground. Now, there are so many stories about this in God's Word, as God calls His people forward. In the Old Testament, where we started last week, as God calls them out of Egypt, out of a condition of slavery, a mindset of limitation, and into the promised land, into His goodness, to be living for His glory. That's the pro what the promised land uh, was all about. What we found, though, along the way is that there are mindsets, there are attitudes, there are behaviors that can take root in our world that can actually keep us out of God's best. You see, we're actually called to partner with God on this journey. We are called to partner with the Holy Spirit to seek His leading and His guidance and to walk in obedience. It is actually possible to name the name of Jesus Christ, to have received Christ into our lives, who received His forgiveness and His freedom, and yet actually walk out of step with Him. Yet actually walk in a way that, that doesn't give the Holy Spirit ongoing access to our lives to call us forwards. And in fact, I want to go even further and say it's possible for us to be coming to church, to be reading our Bible, to be praying, worshiping God, but actually have left parts of our lives either unattended to, or, or I know sometimes what we do is we sort of have an area that we keep reserved. We maybe keep God or other people out of it. Maybe it's because it's too painful. Maybe there's some shame attached to that area. Maybe it's something that we secretly want to hold on to, even though we know we should be letting it go. Maybe it's like that secret stash of chocolate that you've got at home that you think nobody else knows about, but it's actually it's that, that sort of secret place you, you're going to go back to in, in the dark recesses of the pantry there. The reality is we've all got these sorts of things going on in our lives. And 
what I've, what I've discovered is, hey, we've all got our giants to face. We started last week talking, uh, we finished up actually talking about David and Goliath. And we, it was a bit of a teaser for this message. And hey, if you didn't hear last week's message, I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to it and then maybe come back to this one again, uh, because they do fit together really well. We're talking about identifying and understanding strongholds in our lives and then dismantling pulling down these things that keep us out of God's best. And so we finished up talking uh, about the story of David and Goliath. And if you're not familiar with it, David is a, a shepherd boy with a big future. He is anointed as the future king of Israel. But at this point, he's a bit of a nobody. And he goes to see his brothers as they are out to battle. It's in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, this particular part of the story. And there is a giant by the name of Goliath who is intimidating and keeping at bay Israel's armies. The thing is, we've all got these giants in our lives. We all have things that are intimidating us, that are holding us back. Things that maybe we are fearful of, maybe we are ashamed of. Things that maybe sap our confidence and paralyze us. That was two of the things that happen uh, when we allow these strongholds to exist in our worlds. They can paralyze and stop us from making decisions. They can, they can really sap our confidence. They start to cause us to be critical towards others as we justify our own position. And we read all of these things in 1 Samuel 17 in the story of David and Goliath. We've all got these giants. I've discovered this strange thing. Is sometimes we actually end up making friends with these giants. Sometimes we begin to accept them, even incorporate them into our life, or at the very least, sort of keep them at a safe distance off to the side, but never really deal with them. Uh, we used the example of working in a garden last week, and it's like getting rid of those weeds that are there. Sometimes they start really small, and you take your eye off it for a moment, and all of a sudden these things are sprouting up all over the place. But hey, getting rid of weeds is actually hard work. They spring up quicker than ever. Sometimes their roots, even though they're little plants, their roots are deep and they're hard to get out. Often they're covered in spikes or they've got that smelly or sticky sap on them if they get broken. And it's hard work to deal with these weeds in our lives. I find the good plants seem to grow slow and the bad ones, the weeds, spring up in no time flat. The other thing that can happen is sometimes we just want to ignore those and hope that the good stuff grows up enough to cover over the weeds and the bad things that are left there. These are the things that have got into our world because of fear, out of maybe ignorance or, or laziness or, or, or discouragement, pain of the past, wounds that, uh, that have taken root. And ultimately what happens is these things become a root of bitterness in our lives. They, they take hold and they keep us out of God's best. That's what a stronghold is. Ultimately, it is a limiting mindset, it is a pattern of thinking that leads to behaving and acting in a way that is less than God's best for us. We defined it really well uh, last week and quite poetically, I stole someone else's definition and uh, this is just to give you some homework. If you didn't hear that, you want to, it's pretty cool, so go back and listen to that message. But ultimately, a stronghold it can be thought of as a, a limiting mindset and these are things that we want to pull down. In fact, uh, the uh, passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that is really at the, at the core of this uh, talks about taking captive these thoughts. And, and from verse 3, I'll just recap. It says, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly ones, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We live in the world. Another version says we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with 
are mighty in God. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. It's not just enough to see a stronghold. We have to be about pulling these things down. It's not just enough to be able to name it, right, and then maybe talk about it a little bit. Well, we've got to get rid of these things and destroy them. Uh, and so I want to unpack a few thoughts about how it is that we can go about that here today. Get rid of these limiting mindsets uh, that get into our world. You see, what happens as as these things come up in our world, maybe it's uh, something that the enemy wants to feed to us as he sort of picks up on circumstances and amplifies them. What we'll discover uh, so often is that we are buying into a lie. The challenge is that it's got a kernel of truth in it. Maybe you did mess up. Maybe you were hurt. Maybe someone did disappoint you. Maybe there's a reason to be fearful and afraid. But what happens is we allow that thing to take root in our worlds. We buy into the lie that surrounds that kernel of truth. And the more we focus on it or give it airtime, it starts to take root in our worlds. And all of a sudden, it's manifested and shaped itself up as bigger than it has any right to be. That's when it has become a stronghold and we need to get about the business of tearing it down. That was the trick that Goliath used. He was trash talking a whole army of Israel. I mean, he was a big guy, but he had this ability to puff himself up even bigger to the point where he paralyzed an entire army. And it took one young guy, David, to see through the lie and challenge this giant. I don't know if you've ever faced a bully in your life. Maybe you can think back to the, the high school days or maybe that's actually not so far back for you. Maybe it's been in the workplace. You've faced a, a bully. And one of the tricks of a bully is to huff and to puff and to build themselves up to be bigger and more look more intimidating than they actually are. Sometimes it just takes one confident step in the direction of a bully to actually deflate them and to remove all the power from them. And you know what? The good news is for you and I, that's exactly what has happened. Colossians chapter 2 reminds us of Jesus' incredible victory over the enemy on the cross. It says here in verse 13 in the New Living Translation, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Talk about a stronghold. You were bound up to sin. You, the Bible says in Romans, you're a slave to sin, to this way of thinking, acting, and behaving that was away from what God wants for you and I. We were dead in our sins. That's a stronghold. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all of our sins. He cancelled, He dismantled the sin's power. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, have a listen to this carefully, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. I love that second part of that verse. He shamed them publicly. God tore down the record of the charges against you and I, the reality of our sins. He actually took that in Christ's victory on the cross and canceled it out. Not only that, he actually put the devil in his place. He publicly shamed these principalities and rulers and authorities by his victory over them on the cross. So I want to remind you of that's the position that you stand in, as you stand confident in the victory that Jesus Christ won for you on the cross. It's like standing up to a bully. It's like poking that balloon with, with a pin. It's letting all of the air out of that thing, and it's put in its rightful place. The devil is a defeated foe. He is real which is why we've got to take this stuff seriously, but he is curtailed, he is held back, he is defeated. And that means that one of his primary efforts against you and I, against followers of Jesus, is to cause us to believe less 
than God's best, to puff himself up and to cause us to shrink back. So I want to give you a couple of keys here this morning to breaking down these strongholds that might appear in our lives. Last week, we talked about identifying it. I hope you've been praying this week. And again, if this is the first part of the series you've heard, spend some time praying and asking God to speak to you to reveal what He wants to work on in your life. Now, we're going to go through uh, several keys here now about how to pull down these strongholds. And hey, because we haven't done it for a while, I'm going to go through a bunch of points and we're even going to alliterate a little bit. So most of them have uh, the start with the letter R. So the first thing we've got to do is we want to recognize and we want to repent of these things. We need to understand what shouldn't be there, see it, name it, understand it, and make a commitment to dealing with it. Sometimes we've got really good at the first part. Oh, I can see it and I can talk about it, and I can camp out, and ultimately I end up validating it. No, I need to see it and then make a commitment to actually getting past this thing, not just one or the other. Let's do both. We can see things and do nothing about them, or we can start to pull down these strongholds. This whole idea about repentance is a 180-degree turn. It is an about-face. Now, sometimes these strongholds are things in our lives that, that we do need to ask God's forgiveness for and repent because there's an action or a behavior that we've allowed to repeat itself. But actually, I want to challenge you here today, and, and this, is, this is maybe not something you've thought of very often. I want to say that often we actually need to repent also of actually coming into agreement with the enemy. So often we have allowed these things to grow to a level in our lives where we have started to believe the lie and even repeat it to ourselves. I'm a failure. I can't do that. There's no way I could possibly get past that. That'll never work out. Well, we have started literally to agree with the enemy. And one of the important things, but it's so easy to overlook, maybe you've never even thought about it before, is to actually repent of that and say, God, I am sorry for believing a lie. I am sorry for allowing myself to accept something that is not true, that is contrary to your word. For what you say about me is entirely different. I need to repent of that. I need your forgiveness, Lord. The thing is, forgiveness is a moment, right? I can ask and receive God's forgiveness in my world, but repentance is a process. Repentance is an about face. It is a turning away. I heard one person describe it like this. Forgiveness is a bit like pulling a nail out. Repentance is a little bit like undoing a screw that has gone in. We've got to work at that thing and get it back out. It needs a change of mind that has to be reinforced as we start to retrain ourselves in a different way of thinking, we'll come back to this in a moment. So the first thing we've got to do is recognize and repent where these strongholds have taken root in our lives. Second thing uh, is that, that sometimes we've got to release some pain that's associated here. This is not just about seeing something and then trying to move on from it quickly. Sometimes that's what's actually holding us back. We've maybe never really dealt with the pain, the disappointment, the hurt. Maybe we actually need to allow ourselves to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe you've been shying away from that thing. That's what's kept you out of freedom. It's the fear of dealing with something that actually God wants to remove from your world. I want to encourage you. Say, hey, we're praying for you. Talk to somebody who could be praying with you as well as you start to deal with this and process it. But sometimes there is just some soul keeping that we have to do. There are things that have got into our world that have caused pain, and we can acknowledge that. Say, Lord, this is a painful thing. Uh, maybe I've been hurt. Maybe I have disappointed others and I'm struggling to deal with that. Lord, maybe there is shame attached to this and I actually need to tend the garden. I need to partner with you, Holy Spirit. 
You know, sometimes I, I, I picture the Holy Spirit like a surgeon who sometimes actually needs to make an incision to remove something that doesn't need to be there. You know how our body will, will sort of sometimes grow over something, a foreign body that's not supposed to be there. And it actually needs a moment of pain for freedom and release to actually come. We need to do, allow God to do the work of restoration and a healing in our world. So often these areas of strongholds can, uh, can involve the need to forgive others as well. Maybe you need to take some time to process that and allow the Holy Spirit to help you with that this coming week. As you say, Lord, I need you to help me forgive this person. The Bible says actually that if we're harboring unforgiveness towards somebody else, it, it, it actually gets in the way of God's forgiveness coming to us. It actually gets in the way of our ability to walk in freedom. Maybe right now, the Holy Spirit is revealing that to you and showing you that this is something that you need to take ground in at the moment. You need to let some things go. Maybe you're going to need to pray for somebody. That's what the Bible says. Pray for those who have hurt us. Maybe you're going to need to pray for, pray for them and pray, ask God to help you so you can get to the point where you can think about that person or see them without that pain coming up. We've got to be able to release the pain. The third thing is we've got to learn to take authority and to rebuke the devil to resist the enemy, to break the power that he's trying to wield in this part of our lives. James chapter 4, verse 7 says this, So humble yourselves before God or submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Another translation says that, that we're being double-minded we are sitting in two, uh, two opposing ways of thinking and acting. We want to walk in God's freedom, but we're hanging on to this old way of thinking. We've got to say, no, enough is enough. I'm going to walk in God's truth and in His light and in His freedom. So I want to rebuke the power of the enemy. First, we said you've got to, you've got to resist the devil. You've got to repent of, of, of coming into agreement with the devil. Sometimes you've just got to grab a hold of those thoughts and say, get off, get out of my life. I've got to do that in my own world so often. Sometimes I'll just go to pray and all these thoughts will begin to come in about inadequacy, about things that are in my world, about, about sin I need to confess, about all sorts of things that a, a condemnation can build up, a heaviness. And that's what I've got to just sometimes just almost like shake it off and say, no, that is not how it is. I rebuke you, devil. I'm not participating in these thoughts. That is not what God says. How great is the promise in James there? Submit, humble yourself before God. Come in His righteousness, in His holiness, in His strength. Resist the devil and he will flee. Remember, he is a defeated foe. You walk in the victory of Jesus Christ. Let's not be double-minded people. Sometimes we're trying to administer or manage our way out of a spiritual problem. Maybe you've just been trying to work harder on that thing and actually something's got to break off your life. Maybe you constantly find yourself in debt and you're just trying to budget harder. And Maybe you've actually just got to say, you know what, I'm breaking the spirit of materialism off my life. I do not have to have those things. I'm not bound to this way of operating or living. Maybe, maybe uh, it's another issue in your world that you need to recognize for what it is and actually start to see that thing broken off your world. The enemy has only got the level of control in our lives that we permit him to, that we allow him to. If we can partner with the Holy Spirit, seeing those things and breaking them off our lives. Fourth thing that uh, I want to encourage you to do is to remember. Remember what it is that God has done. Like David did as he prepares for battle, 
against the enemy. As he prepares for, for battle in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 34 to 37, while we read here, as it says, David persisted, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I love this attitude. David's this little shepherd boy and this army is stuck in fear uh, about uh, this giant Goliath that's holding them back. And he says, oh, well, that's all right. I look after some sheep and I've, I've seen off a lion and a bear. And you can imagine people starting to laugh at him in the background. He says, I've done this to lions and bears and I will do it to this Philistine as well. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Hey, remember the past. Remember what God has done in your life. He saved you and He set you free if you're a follower of His. He has redeemed and ransomed you. He has performed the greatest miracle in the universe and actually taken you from, from being stuck. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You were dead spiritually. We read earlier there in Colossians chapter 2, and He's brought you into life. Your name is written and registered in heaven. Remember what God has done. Remember the battles that He has won, that He has led you through. Remember the tough times that you have overcome. Remember the healing that has been in your world. Remember the freedom. Remember the provision that He has brought into your world. And don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Remember it. And then what we do is we be thankful for it. And that actually builds faith for the future. David says, this is what God has done. And He is going to do it again in this situation. This builds faith in us for what we have to face. And the final thing I want to encourage you to do is to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Actually start to change those thought patterns. If you know anything about the science of the brain, right? Our, our thought patterns as synapses fire, as, as neural pathways are built, certain ways of thinking, of behaving, of speaking and acting can get ingrained into our world. You can come against a particular situation and without even thinking about it, bang, those, those thoughts come. Those words are out of your mouth as a default reaction. That's because a pathway has been built. And Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. You can become a brand new person as your mind is renewed. That's what that, uh, that verse is in another translation, that God transform you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There are some old thoughts that need to go and be replaced by new thoughts. Then you'll know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's tr be transformed by the renewing of our mind, understand, hey, that thought that tells me I am worthless, I am no good, I'm going to stay in debt, I'll never achieve that, I'll never be loved, all these things that come into our world, we've got to actively get about changing them, allow the Holy Spirit to show us. That's, that's how you pray through those things. As those thoughts come, you say, no, God, what is your thought about me? Start to learn and be able to recite and repeat God's promises for you. I know a whole bunch of people, it's certainly the case in our home, we have the Scriptures printed and put up around our house. We've got things written in journals. We've got them scribbled on chalkboards in the garage. We work out and pray so that these things are in front of us and they are changing the way that we think. You know, Jesus waged war against the enemy in exactly the same way. 
as the devil tried to tempt Jesus, he was able to quote scripture and actually say, no, no, this is who I am. I understand who I am. I understand who I am as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Maybe you need a few of those I am statements for yourself. I am blessed. I am loved. I am righteous in Jesus Christ. I am set free. I am restored. I am redeemed. I am an overcomer. 1 John says that this is the, the, the victory that we have right in Jesus Christ. This, this faith that overcomes the world is what we walk in. I am an overcomer. Use Scripture. Know the promises of God for your life. These are a, a bunch of different things that you and I can take a hold of as we go about pulling down these strongholds. And I want to pray for you as we get ready to finish up. And in a moment, we'll have a chance to worship together and uh, just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I think that's a really powerful part of, of these two weeks, giving the Holy Spirit room in your life. But let me pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you for everybody who's listening to this message right now, wherever they are at. I thank you that you are revealing, you're putting your finger on these strongholds in our worlds. And Holy Spirit, you are calling us forward. You're reshaping thoughts. You're reminding us of how you have come through. You are calling us forward into freedom, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we walk in your victory. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.